we're gonna do it. We are going to finish this chapter. Um, I think this is like literally the fifth episode on this one chapter. So I'm very, 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 very excited to finally get through this chapter. It should only be literally two, three pages, and we are completely done with it. Um, we're going to get to a really tough part. The last we caught off, if you guys didn't watch the last episode, um, was uh, Frederick Douglass had um, taught his, a couple of the fellow slaves in his air, around his surroundings how to read and write, um, and then worked with a group of them to form a plan to escape slavery and they had anonymously agreed that they found who the traitor was but the plan got destroyed and him and all his fellow conspirators got sent to jail and they were all busted out except for him and he was left there all alone and then got took back to his older master so that's kind of where we're picking up here Oh, last thing. Um, and his new um, owner put him in to work on a um, a shipyard. And um, that's where he's at right now. So that's where we're going to pick up the book. On page 92. Um, yeah, there's only... About 230 pages to the book. So we are about 30 pages off. I mean, about 10 pages off of being halfway after today. Um, but I think it's going to go a lot quicker from now on. So this was my school for eight months. And he's talking about the shipyard. I might have remi remained there longer, but for the most horrid fight I had with four white apprentices in which my left eye was nearly knocked out and I was horribly mangled. In the other respect, the fact is the case were these until a very while the facts in this case were this, these. Until a very little while after, I went there, white and black ship carpenters worked side by side, and no one seemed to see any improprieties in it. All hands seemed to be very well satisfied. Many of the black carpenters were freemen. Things seemed to be going on very well. All at once, a white carpenter knocked off and, and said he would not work with free colored workmen their reason for this as alleged was if there if that that if free colored carpenters were encouraged they would soon take the, the trade into their own hands and poor white men would be thrown out of an employment they therefore felt called upon at once to put a stop to it and taking advantage of Mr. Gardner's necessities, they broke off, swearing they would work no longer unless he would discharge his black carpenters. Now, though this did not extend to me in form, it did reach me in fact. My fellow apprentices very soon be began to feel in degrading 
to them to work with me. They began to put on airs and talk about the niggers talking the country, saying we'll all out to be killed and being encouraged by the journeymen. They commenced making my condition as hard as they could by heckering me around, sometimes striking me. I, of course, kept the vow I made after the fight with Mr. Convoy and stuck back again and struck back again, regardless of consequences. And while I kept them from combining, I succeeded very well for I could whip the whole of them taking them separately they however at length combined and came upon me armed with sticks stones and heavy hand spikes one came in front with a half brick there was one at each side of me and one behind me while i was attending to those up front on either side the one behind ran up with a hand spike and struck me a heavy blow upon the head it stunned me. I fell, and with this, they all ran up to me and and fell to beating me with their fist. I let them lay on me for a while, gathering strength. In an instance, I gave a sudden surge and rose to my hands and knees. Just as I did that, one of their number gave me with his heavy boot and powerful kicked in the left eye. My eyeballs seemed to have burst when they saw my eye closed and badly swollen. They left me. With this, I seized the handspike and for a time pursued them. But here the carpenters interfered and I thought I might as well give it, give it up. It was impossible to stand my hand against so many. All this took place in sight of not less than 50 white ship carpenters and not one interposed a friendly word but some cried kill the damn nigger kill him kill him he struck a white person i found my only chance for life was in flight i succeeded in getting away without an additional blow and barely so for the strike a white man is death by lynch law and that was the law in mr gardner's shipyard nor is there much of any other out of Mr. Gardner's shipyard. I went directly home and told the story of my wrongs to Master Hugh, and I am happy to say of him, irregularly as he was, he conducted, his conduct was heavenly compared with that of his brother Thomas. Under similar circumstances, he listened attentively to my narration, my narration, my narration, my narration of the circumstances leading to the savage outrage and gave many proofs of his strong indignation at it. The heart of my once overkind mistress was again melted into pity. My puffed out eye and blood covered face moved her to tears. She took a chair by me, washed the blood from my face and with a mother's tenderness bound up my head covering the wounded eye with a lean piece of fresh beef. It was almost compensation for my suffering to witness once more a manifestation of kindness from this. My once affectionate old mistress, Master Hugh, was very much enraged. He gave expression to his feelings by pouring out curses upon the heads of those who did the deed. As soon as I got a little 
the better of my bruises. He took me with him to acquires Wanstons on Bond Street to see what could be done about the matter. Mr. Walston inquired who saw the assault committed. Master Hugh told him it was done in Mr. Garner's shipyard midday where they were a large company of men at work. As, as to that, he said the deed was done and there was no question as who did it. His, his answer was he could do nothing in the case unless some white man would come forward and testify. He could not issue no warrant on my word if I had been killed in the presence of a thousand colored people, their testimony combined would have been insufficient to have arrested one of the murderers. Master Hughes, for once, was compelled to say this state of things was too bad. Of course, it was impossible to get any white man to volunteer his testimony in my behalf and against the white young men, even those who may have sympathy sympathized with me were not prepared to do this it required a degree of courage unknown to them to do so for just at that time the slightest manifest manifestation of humanity towards a colored person was denounced as abolitionism and that name subjected its baron to fightful liabilities the watchwords of the bloody minded in that region in in those days were damn the abolishes and damn those niggers they there was not nothing done and probably nothing would have been or been done if i had been killed such was and such remains the state of things in the christian city of baltimore Master Hughes, finding he could get no redness, refused to let me go back again to Mr. Gardner. He kept me himself, and his wife dressed me wound till I was again restored to health. He then took me into the shipyard of which he was foreman in the employment of Mr. Walter Price. There I was immediately to set, to set chalking, and very soon learned the art of using my mallet, and irons in the course of one year from the time i left mr gardner's i was able to command the highest wages given to the most experienced chalkers i was now of some importance to my master i was bringing him from six to seven dollars per week i sometimes brought him nine dollars per week my wages were a dollar and a half a day after learning how to chalk i sought my own employment made my own contracts and collected the money which i earned the my pathway became much more smooth than before my condition was now much more comfortable when i could get no chalking to do i did nothing during these leisure times those old notions about freedom would steal over me again when in mr gardner's employment i was kept in such a purple wheel whirl of excitement i could not think of nothing scarcely but my life and in thinking of my life i almost forgot my liberty i have observed this in my experience of slavery that whenever my condition was improved instead of increasing my contentment it only increased my desire to be free and set me to think of plans to gain my freedom. I have found that to make 
a contented slave, it is necessary to make a thoughtless one. It is necessary to darken his morale and mental vision and as far as possible to illuminate the power of reason. He must be able to detect no instances in slavery. He must be made to feel that slavery is right and he can be brought to that only when he ceases to be a man. I was now getting, as I have said, $1.50 per day. I, contra- I contracted for it. I earned it. I was paid. It was paid to me, and it was rightfully my own. Yet upon each returning s- Saturday night, I was compelled to deliver every cent of that money to Master Hughes. And why not? Not because he earned it, not because he had any hand in earning it, not because I owed it to him, not, nor because he possessed the slightest shadow of a right to it, but solely because he had the power to compel me to give it up. The right of the grim, v- vaggish private upon the high seas in exactly the same. Chapter 11, um, this is another fat one, it's actually not too bad, it's only about, about 15 pages, um, we're gonna stop there for today, I may get another one in tonight, cause it's not that long of a chapter, but. That being said, we're going to end this one here. I really want to get through this book like I've told you guys. So I may do another chapter tonight. If not, I may do a Pandemic Minds. But I want to get another one out to you guys tonight. I think it would be good. Um, and I'm trying to get to my episode mark. So we need to get moving. Three a day. That was my goal. And we've been struggling. So we may be able to hit that again. Appreciate you guys.